0: Are you Good. hey it's awesome to see a group of Cal Poly students with us this morning. We're welcome you guys at Agape. Glad you're here. I think it's Intervarsity and crew and some of the other groups that meet on campus. We pray for you. We pray for your your organizations there, your ministries there, and it's just exciting to have you this morning. And uh, speaking of missions, Christian could I have that uh, first slide. I, uh, now I've been moved or I've transitioned the last few weeks from lead pastor. I've been here for 32 years, and lead pastor for about 24 of those. And a couple weeks ago, became official title missions pastor. It was just in Kenya. Well, an opportunity came. Uh, I'm heading for Nepal tomorrow night. And what's going on is that our association's been working in Nepal for a long time. And the Church of Jesus Christ in Nepal is really growing. So over the last couple months, uh, pastors and other leaders from our association have been going to Nepal. And they're, uh, they're videotaping and filming the ITC class, our Bible school classes in the Nepalese language. And uh, there's a dynamic leader in Kathmandu, and then he's working in Sirkat that's just doing a great, great job there, planting churches. And so I'm going to go be part of this filming crew and uh, doing two classes on servant leadership, relational Christianity. And then there's this big Hindu slash Buddhist festival going on in Nepal. And so they invite the kids for three days conference just to get out of that whole atmosphere because it's kind of a... Weird uh, twist on uh, faith for them. There's animal sacrifices and all kinds of things going on to commemorate these battles between their deities. And so we're going to be doing a youth conference. And uh, just appreciate prayer for that. And uh, we're looking forward to a great, great time. I have friends that are over there, and we'll be coming and going as I'm there for about uh, 10 days. And so I please, please, please appreciate your prayer. We put together a little prayer sheet out there. I tell you what, prayer, you can feel it when you're in the midst of these things. You can sense the prayer. So I covet your prayers, and there's a little sheet explaining that out there. Amen? Amen. So as Pastor Jeff shared, I'm going to pick up again on the series that he's talking about, Faith Foundations. Part of the DNA of our church and one of the graces or the core values that's been part of the foundation of our church is helping people to learn how to live by faith and walk by faith. And so when, when we say that, when we say just the words, in uh, this scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 kind of spells it out, it says, we walk by faith and not by sight. So when you read that, what kind of word picture do you get in your head when you see that we walk by faith and not by sight? Do you see some kind of a mystic walking through the sand, just, ooh, I'm walking by faith, ooh? Do you get that picture? Or, or do you get a picture of a guy or a person that says, walking by faith means being more spontaneous, that I don't really plan for my life, I, I don't really organize. I'm just going to kind of wing it as I feel or sense God doing something in my life. Yeah. Amen. See, some other people would say, that, that, that's, that's how I'm doing life. Grace to you. And I, I hope that works out for you. But, but I, I think, and I'm not, I don't mean to tease you because that is part of what happened for me. I'm a science guy. And so it was always, you know, A plus B equals C. And so the idea of learning how to trust God and not being so rigid and, and, and learning that, you know, even in my decisions and my own rationale and wisdom, that God still wants to lead through that and direct through that. I, I had to develop that in my life, and I'm still developing that. But, but how about some other ideas about living by faith? Could it, could it be summarized this way? As trusting God in spite of what we're going through. Could that be living by faith? Yeah. Trusting God in spite of what's going on around me. For many of us, living by faith has the connotation that it's going to be tied to sacrifice. That there's something he's going to ask me to do or something that I really don't want to do, and I don't feel like I'm able or capable of doing it, yet God is speaking to me about it, and so living by faith means as he builds that in me, I'm going to have to do it anyway. Has anybody ever experienced that? You feel like God's directing you? God, I'm not the right guy. I I, I don't want to be in this plan, and yet you feel compelled that you're going to do it that way. That's, That's part of living by faith. Living by faith also means making yourself available to God, seeking His will and pursuing His plans in alignment with it, no matter what the cost or obstacles. Does that sound like living by faith? And so there's, there's definitions, and we're going to look at it a little bit more deeper, but I'm praying as we leave today that you will examine your heart and, and begin to recognize, God, this, this walk with you, this adventure with you requires me to learn Hearing and trusting and moving forward as I learn to live and walk by faith. Amen? So I want to read to you. It's going to be a few minutes of reading. And if you have your Bibles, open with me at Hebrews 11. Just a couple minutes of reading. But this chapter, out of all the chapters in the Bible, kind of spells out what it means to walk by faith and examples of people who have walked by faith. I'm going to use it kind of as the foundation to launch from and just share a few points with you this morning. So let's look at this. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for is the evidence of things we cannot see. So in the New King, James says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is a substance. It's, 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 It's something that we're standing on, something we're holding on to, believing for what we cannot see right now to come into fullness or come in manifestation. And then it goes on to say this. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him, for before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Verse six, big, big verse here, and it's impossible to please God without faith, and anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Anybody in here believe that? I want to read it again, and it's impossible to please God without faith, so Learning to live by faith is important. Anyone who wants to come to him, you have to believe that God exists and that he rewards those that sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about the things that had never happened before. And by his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going, and even when he reached the land, God promised him he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. Amen? All these people died, still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that there were foreigners and nomads here on earth. And obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they could call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. And that is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And that passage keeps going on with examples of people that lived by faith and received the dead back by faith and conquered enemies because of faith. And the, and the foundational thing is this faith, that it's this trust in God they developed as they got to know him and uh, learn who he was. So Jack Hayford calls us this. He's a head of the foursquare, was head of the four denomination, trusted leader across the body of Christ. He calls us people of the horizon. People of the horizon, because we live in two different realms. We live in a natural world where our circumstances really direct a lot that happened in our life. Our circumstances influence us. They influence our feelings. Our circumstance is often what directs us. You know, where am I going to work? How am I going to take care of myself? The circumstances in my life are controlling my feelings, and they pull me this way and that way. And, you know, uh, who, as we're growing up, who am I going to fall in love with? Who's going to be my husband, my wife? Circumstances around us. When I was in college, my father passed away. And uh, although at that time I was kind of supporting myself, those circumstances really made me quit college for a semester and and just sort out what, what was going to go on in my life. And so there's circumstances that try and lead us, but also our relationship with Jesus when we get to understand who he is. And, and what he has for us. Those things begin to impact us and influence our decisions. So living by faith means here I am of circumstances in my life. And also now I have a relationship with Jesus. And I know he has a will and plan and purpose. And I'm living as a person in the horizon between heaven and earth. Trying to figure out his will and plan for my life. And that requires me to live by faith sometimes. Are you with me this morning? Are we all right? So what is faith? Well, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. So faith is the evidence of things hoped for. It's when God starts speaking to you, and maybe you recognize and understand the gifts that he's put in you and the strengths and the talents that's in you, and you begin to say and believe, I I might have a business mindset. And maybe in your family, you've seen them develop business and you've seen them, you know, how how commerce works and how sales work. And you start moving towards that direction based on what you're feeling and sensing on the inside and how your gifts line up. And so you start getting a vision for a business. You start getting a dream for, for what this company is going to look like. And then faith is the evidence of that thing. God begins to speak to you. You you haven't seen it yet. You haven't really, in your heart, maybe you can see the offices and you can see the products and you see you're going to help. But the, the faith is that evidence that keeps us moving in that direction for the things hoped for. But faith is just not believing God can do it, but knowing that he'll do it. So when he makes a promise, there's people that said, yeah, I see in the Bible what God said. Yeah, yeah, he said he can do that. But people of faith say this, not only... Can he do it? But I believe he's going to do it for me. And that's what changed in my life. I would hear stories about testimonies of other people. I say, that's awesome. That worked for you. But it doesn't seem to work that way for me. That's so cool that God answered your prayer. But I don't seem to be on that same maybe favor list with God. But as I grew in faith, I began to believe He, he said it in his word. And I see him doing it in other people's lives. And now, Lord, how about me? I want you to be big in my life, God. I want to see the evidence of the things you promised in my life. I begin to grow in faith and trusting him. And as I've done that for 40 some years now, he's come through and my faith's got stronger and bigger because I trust in him. How about you? Anybody in here on that journey this morning? So let's just look at Jesus, our example, And, and I want you to get this this morning because some of us. Have the opinion that when Jesus came to the earth and he was a baby, and from the very time he was a baby, he had this dialed in, that he was always hearing from God, and he had this supernatural kid that never had a dirty diaper, and that like this guy was amazing. He could do the Hebrew alphabet forward and backward in kindergarten. And we, we got this mindset that Jesus was just this like little supernatural little kid. But scripture says here in Hebrews 2, or I'm sure in Philippians 2 you got to have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he didn't think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a bondservant and was born as a human being. So it's a hard concept that he was 100% God and 100% man. But scripture says in Luke's gospel, even as a little kid, he grew in wisdom and understanding. He was being trained by elders around him. And so he was in the word. It's true. He got his identity from the word of God. Amen. He had to study and see what, what, what's, what's Messiah about. I heard what my mom, Mary, she's spoken to me about my supernatural birth and how I came as a child with angels around me. I don't know any other kids that had that kind of angelic deal going on. Born in a stable, shepherds are showing up, angels are singing. That was kind of a wild story. My mom told me, Now now how am I supposed to live this out? The age of 30, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's where his ministry began. But prior to that, he was trained in his understanding about what does the Word of God say about me and my identity? Who am I? Guess what for you and me? What does the Word of God say about your identity? What, what's the Word of God say about who you're to become? Who, what does the Word of God say about my, God's plans for your life? And so he says, have this mindset. Jesus was trained by the Father. He was trained by the Holy Spirit just like you and me need to be trained by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. So where did Jesus put his faith? Where did he put his faith? He actually had faith. He had, he had trust. Where did he put it? Num- number one, he put it in the love of the Father. Excuse me, in the love of the Father. He, he came and revealed the love of the Father to his disciples. So my faith begins in the place that God really loves us. He loves you. Tell your neighbor that this morning. He really loves you. He loves you, and this is a big deal for me because early on when I got saved, I was a pot-smoking beach bum doing all kinds of stuff that young people do on the beaches of Southern California, all of that, and, and I was involved. I was a good sinner. I was very good at sin, and, and I had a twin brother. He was good at sin too, and so between us, we were champion sinners, so much so that my sister Judy, she's 13 months older than us, When she went to her high school reunion, I think it was her 20-year reunion, her friend Hergie says, what are your twin brothers doing now? And Judy says, they're both pastors. And Hergie spit his beer across the room (laughs) because in unbelief that God could actually change a life and call somebody into ministry. And I had a hard time believing that God loved me because I was a screw-up. And I thought his love was so conditional and he was a performance-based God that was just looking for, you know, jump through more hoops, Mike. Try a little harder, Mike. Go at it a little stronger, Mike. And I had this mindset of the God of heaven with these scales in his hand, bad days, good days. Hopefully, if I die, it's going to be in a good day or a good week, and maybe I'll make it. And so even receiving him by faith, it was tough for me to recognize and receive that he really loved me. It took a long time for that to sink in, that God really loves me. He, he 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 loves me. He loves you. And some of us here, I'm sure, because I've done this for a while, still are living under the weight of this uh, performance deal and just the simple idea that God really takes pleasure in me. Even when I screw up, he takes pleasure in me. Even when he knows that I'm struggling forward and there's things he's put in my heart to do and I charge it and then I get tired and lazy, confused and upset and mad and all that, that his love is constant towards us. And I can have faith in him and trust in him because I know he's got my best interest at heart and he's got plans and he's, he's committed to us. And he just didn't get you born again and kicked you to the curb and say, figure it out. He said, no, I'm gonna put my spirit in you. I'm committed to you. I'm the author and finisher of your faith. Amen. And so I, I, my faith is based, first of all, and Jesus put his trust in the love of the Father. Many times he uses passages like this The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. When you just study the Gospels, you can see the intimacy between the Father and the Son. The day Jesus was baptized, God screaming from heaven, That's my beloved Son! I'm well pleased in him. God and Jesus and the Father. Why we can have faith, why we can trust is because God loves us. Do you believe that this morning? Do I have any believers in that this morning? Second, Jesus put his faith in the Scriptures. So when I think about him having faith in us, a little bit, I believe he does, he has faith in us growing, but when he called me and he began to work in my life, I don't think it was so much that he had faith in Mike Sparrow, because he knew my, my track record, but he had faith in the Word of God in me, right. because when I got the Word of God in me, he says this, the Word of God is active and living and sharper than any two-edged sword. In Isaiah 55, God said, my word comes down from heaven like rain, and it waters, and it doesn't return to me void, but it accomplishes the thing I sent it to do. So Jesus lived with confidence in the word of God. Seventy-eight times, at least, he quoted the Old Testament, and he said, this is spoken of me. When he stood up his first ministry, after he's baptized, he, he gets up, and he goes in the temple, and he opens up Isaiah And he reads from Isaiah, he says, The Spirit of the Lord's upon me, for he's anointed me to preach good news. Good news. He said it was good news. Amen? Amen. To preach release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. He, He went in and he quoted the promises of Isaiah, and he shut the book and he handed it back. And he said, Today this is fulfilled in your midst. His identity was in the scripture. He had faith and trust in God's word. Guess what? He still does. As you get God's word in you, Jesus said this, if you abide in my word, you'll know the truth and the, what, the truth will make you free. So his, his faith is in the word of God in you that it's sharper and active than any two-edged sword. So not so much, maybe he's seen my track record, maybe you know, he believes in me a little because I've proven some faithfulness, but his confidence is in the word of God in me. That's gonna change me, keep me, strengthen me, guide me, lead me. His faith is in the word of God. So, if he's putting faith in the Word of God, if he's putting faith in the love of God, where should my faith be? It's not a formula. Faith is not a formula, it's a relationship with God. Faith is not seven steps to higher faith, do this, do this, say this more, confess this 20 more times and you get a higher level. It's about relationship. Sure, we confess the word. Sure, we speak the word. But it starts with a revelation that God loves us and that his word, he's going to perform his word in our lives as we get it in our heart. Amen? Jesus said this in John. He said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. But this is what he said. But it's these that testify about me. So these things speak of me. And you can have faith in me because the word of God speaks about me. He's got faith in the word. You and me need faith in the word. Amen? Amen. Then Jesus affirmed the promises of God as a way to live. So in scripture, I have in my notes, because there's debate about what makes it a promise of God, and some say there's up to 7,500 promises. Others say that there's you know, uh, 3,000 promises. And you, when you go through scripture, if you want to underline the 7,000 promises, that's a little bit of work, but... Uh, but then you, when you get the promise, you say, who are they written to? Were they written to the, the kings in the Old Testament? They were written to the prophets? Or do these promises apply to you and me? And Jesus spoke of the promises as a way to live because God's nature, he keeps covenant. He watches over his word. He'll perform his word. So part of living by faith is me looking at this and say, these are the circumstances of my life. This is what's going on in my life. This seems to be controlling my life. But as I learn to live by faith, I have to submit those and surrender to to the words of Jesus, the will of Jesus, the plan of Jesus, and say, this is going to be what's going to direct my life as I get to know him. I'm not just going to be pushed around by circumstances. I'm going to learn his voice. I'm going to learn to walk with him. And this is what's going to guide me and lead me. Anybody with me this morning? And so that's part of walking by faith, learning to know his voice. I just put this little acronym up. It's what, what is you know, living by promises, holding on to God's promises, expecting results. That's what real hope is. When you're going through stuff and God begins to speak to you and gives you a promise, well, that's, you hold on to that promise. You begin to believe that promise and get that promise in your heart. And then the bottom is expecting. Without the last one, you just have hop and not hope. The, the, the last one, say this with me, expecting results. See, that's part of faith. you got to believe that he's going to do it, and he's going to do it for you. That he wants to do it for you. That he wants to perform his word in your life. That's part of walking by faith. Amen? And so the other part, just the endurance that comes with it, Hebrews 6.12, don't become spiritually dull and indifferent. I like that, spiritually dull. And indifferent. Instead, you'll follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promise. Read the yellow with me because of their faith and endurance. I meet people all the time and, you know, a brother and me got together this week and he's just going through ongoing situations in his life. And, you know, Pastor Mike, I've got prayer before, I've stood, I've believed in God and this thing's still happening in my life. And I, I can't tell you why some trials are short and when some trials are longer I believe some of that sometimes has got to do with us and how we're going through the trial and that God's trying to build faith in us and and build just a trust in us as we're going through these things. I, I know there's some things now that the trials don't last as long. They don't have as much weight in my life when they come because I've learned how to walk through those things. But other things is we trust God as our father and we know what he's trying to develop in us, that he's trying to work in us, that he's trying to grow us up. That he does have faith in us, that we're going to grow, that we're going to get stronger. I know when I go through certain trials, there, there's a timing involved. And I don't know what that timing is, but I know this: endurance is high value in the kingdom of God. It's rewarded in Scripture. When you turn to Revelations chapter two and three, when Jesus is dealing with the churches, and he's affirming th- certain positive things about these believers, perseverance comes up a lot. that you've learned how to persevere, that you're not a quitter. That you're not giving up. That you're going to wait and believe God there's a way through this. There's a way out. There's a way I'm going to grow through this. Amen? So tell your neighbor, we need endurance. We need perseverance in this thing. Faith doesn't dwell on the negatives. This is the little Snoopy cartoon. It says, someday we're all going to die, Snoopy. True, but on all the other days, we're going to, we're, we will not. And so you meet people that they're just dwelling on negative stuff. That's That's not faith that you're always dwelling on the problems and the things that are going wrong. I love this. Charlie Brown's trying to, we're gonna all die. Not on all days. Some days we're gonna just live and be fine. Amen? Amen. Here's another thing with faith. It's got a lot to do with where you put your mind. This guy's up to bat and you hear the voice of the father in the background. Now remember, son, keep your eye on the ball and swing hard. You'll do great. And all these other guys, you stink, you're no good. You swing like my grandma. And they're all giving him a hard time. And the one guy says, oh, it's no use, fella. He only listens to his father. And so in the battles of life, the challenges between circumstances and trust, we got to say, who are we listening to? Where, where, is my, where is my hearing focused? Is it what, I, is it what God says to me? What I know he's speaking to me? Or am I listening to all these other voices? See, faith is not a noun. It's a verb. And it's, it's an action. It's got to do what we're doing in the midst of these things. Who we're listening to, who we're we trusting. Amen? This one as well. What are we looking at? One guy's got the microphone to, or the, the telescope through the eye of faith. Land, oh, I can see our destination straight ahead. The other guy, I don't see anything. And it's amazing to me in this room, there's people that are seeing things that God wants to do. They got the spiritual vision. They got spiritual insight where God's taking them. And because I'm not connecting with them and not listening and just ignoring what God wants to do in your faith life, it just seems barren. I don't see a thing. I don't see a thing. And the next person next to you is excited. I'll tell you what, you know, reconnect with them today, I pray. You reconnect with them. Get re-envisioned. Amen? Amen? Last but not least here, Jesus put his trust in the power of the Spirit and not man. See, I think this. Jesus, you know, he's seen my track record. He's seen me do... I'm getting more faithful as time goes on. I still mess up, but his faith is not so much in me. His faith is in the Holy Spirit in me. He says this in 2 Corinthians 1. For all the promises of God in him are yes and amen to the glory of God through us. Now he who is with you in Christ has anointed us as God. Read the yellow with me who has also sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. I, I just want to do a quick little object lesson. Can, can somebody grab those two chairs for me? Would you, would you mind grabbing those? And Or Pastor Richard can do that. I'm going to use Pastor Richard as the Holy Spirit. Doesn't he kind of look like the Holy Spirit? I mean, he's got that mature wisdom, graying hair. and, uh, and uh, but, but not only that... We, we've been buddies a long time. We, I don't know how long we've been friends. 25 years, close, maybe close to 30 years. As long as you've been here. As long as I've been here, which is a long time now. 32 years we've been friends. And, and he, he kind of knows how I think, which is bad for him sometimes. <laughs> but not only that, he, he knows my weaknesses so he can help out. He, he, knows, he reminds me of stuff when I need stuff. And believe me, before Sunday morning service starts, he's here early and he's putting everything in order. I, he, he's setting things up. He's making sure the announcements are there and everything's in place. He comes over to Daybreak Chapel. I mean, he is a helper to me. He, he is a strength to me. He, he gives me advice, sound advice. He's over our financial end. He's, he's helping with wisdom and planning and strategies. I, I'm making him the Holy Spirit this morning, okay? And then Pastor Jeff, do you want to come up here for a minute? Trust me, trust me. <clears throat> no, take... take just, just get in the front row. And uh, so, so let's just pretend. Let's just pretend. Yeah. We, we live in San Luis Obispo. And Is that my car? No, not yet. It's a Tesla. Sit down. And, uh, and so let's just say this. So somebody comes up to you and says, Jeff, I want you to drive this Tesla to Patagonia. I'm taking the Tesla home. <laughs> so I, I put a little Patagonia. map. Just... Okay. cooperate. And uh, so I put a little map, trail route, what, what you would need to drive that car from here to Patagonia, which is down in Argentina or on the Chile-Argentina border. And you might say to me, I- I've never driven a Tesla before. I-, I have no idea how this works. I could say you don't, but he does right here. You might say, I I don't even know the way there. I don't even know these countries, these borders I'm going to have to cross. Am I going to need visas? Am I going to need government help? I mean, there's some places in Central America right now, there's like civil war going on. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to navigate it. And I could say, you might not know how, but he right here, he knows how to get you through there. You might say to me, what if this thing, I mean, Teslas, these, these batteries go dead. How do I even charge batteries? I could say this, you don't know how to charge your batteries, but this guy, he can help you keep your batteries charged. You might say to me, What if it breaks? What if it breaks down? I have no clue how to fix it. I'm not depending on you. My guarantee is the guy in the back row, he knows how to keep the car working. You, he might say this, you know, and when I get there, I mean, what, what is this whole thing about, this journey about? Well, you only see part of it now because we're just talking, but I tell you what, as you You start moving towards Patagonia. This guy's going to guide you and direct you. You're in for an adventure of your life. And so when we think about the Holy Spirit being a guarantee, who does God put his faith in? This guy or this guy? He has given us a guide as a guarantee. Now, you know, as you grow and we grow in listening, we're listening over our back shoulder and we're wandering. And he's going, get back on the road. GPS, redirect, recalculating the route. And and we're getting back. Because sometimes we're listening this way. But I I truly believe this. Can you get up for a second? This this is how the Lord wants it. When we talk about walking in the spirit, living by faith, He, he wants us to develop a closeness so we hear his voice so we can receive guidance and direction. Yeah, okay. I won't even go there. A- anyway, there's an intimacy that he, that he wants with us for sure, that, that he wants us to know his voice. <laughs> I should have got another subject. I should have known. Prop failure. I know, practice. You should practice these things. Anyway. So the truth is, who, who does God put his faith in? The Holy Spirit in us. So if we're going to be successful, we're going to move forward in God, we're going to grow in God, what, what should we be doing? We should be cultivating a relationship with him. So walking by faith, walking by faith, this is not blindly being spontaneous and hit and miss. Walking by faith is I'm learning to rely and trust in the leadership of the Holy Spirit in my life. So I have purpose, direction. I kind of know in this season what I'm supposed to be doing. And if I'm getting off course or I'm struggling with strength or struggling with wisdom, I, I got him to lean on. I I got him to help me. Jesus called him a helper, a counselor, an encourager, a comforter. He said, Jesus said this to his guys, it's good for you that I go away. And they're saying, no, don't leave us. No, he said, it's good that I go away. I'm going to send you a helper, alos, another one just like me, and he's going to be in me, and he's going to do the very same thing that I would do if I was with you. That's what the word alos means in the Greek. So having a comforter, having a helper is is. And, and learning to trust on him is walking by faith, amen? Last scripture. You know, if you counted all the scriptures, this is New King James, if you counted all the verses in your Bible and you divided them in half and you opened your Bible, you know what you'd come to? Psalm 118. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in princes. I think God's trying to build confidence in, him, in his word and confidence in his spirit? And if that's in the middle of your Bible, the center of your Bible, would you put that in the center of your life? Would you allow God to work that in you that you would have confidence and trust in him as the center of your life? Anybody say yes to that today? I'm going to end with a song. Some of you know her. Lauren Daigle, she's kind of hit the charts. uh, And she's become just uh, very, very strong in popular Christian music right now. Some of the leading songs that are out there, Dove Award winners. But, but her story is when she, and she had promises when she was young. Her parents encouraged her in music. Her dad was a writer, singer. He, she remembers growing up around music. But when she was about 15 or so, she got this autoimmune disease. And uh, she felt like everything was out the door. She was really sequestered in the house for two years. She said, when that happened to me, I could have gone two ways. I could have gotten super discouraged, got mad at God and bailed out. But instead, I decided to lean into him. I decided to press into him and and learn to trust him and learn to know him. And from that came some songs that have just been amazing, that's encouraging the body of Christ and strengthening the body of Christ. And and in the middle of those things, in the middle of circumstances, in the middle of circumstances, sometimes it's like, whoa, what are you doing, God? Do you even hear me? Do you even know me? What, What do I do in the middle of it? Well, she wrote this song called... She, she said, what you say, what you say. And so I want to play that for you and just, just pray and ask God about where you are in your faith journey and your ability just to trust him in the middle of circumstances. Amen? Play that, Christian.
1: in my mind that say I'm not.
0: Father, Father, I thank you for just affirming who we are in you and encouraging and strengthening trust in you today for people. And I just lift up that person that might be here that doesn't know you, Lord, that doesn't know you. This idea of relationship, where they've been more in religion, this idea of being able to connect with you and to trust you and invite you into their life, Lord, I pray you just reveal this morning how much you love them. If you don't know Jesus and... You know, God forbid it happened to you, but if something would even happen on the way home today, and you don't know if you died, whether you go to heaven or hell, God doesn't want you to live in that place. You, you can have assurance. You can have assurance that, that if something happened to you, you, you would be with him. And Jesus said, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. This is how it happens. He said, if, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'd be saved. And so many of us believed, I believed as a little boy, a young man, and even in my science and partying days, there was still that part of me when the music stopped and I got alone with God, I still believed, but nothing changed until I received him, That's until I confessed him he came into my life when I got born again. And as we're praying right now, if, if you've never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you'd say, Mike, I want a fresh start, I want a new beginning, I want this helper in my life, I want the strength in my life. If you want me to pray for you, raise your hand. You want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Anybody here this this morning that doesn't know Him? Trust, we're family. If you have questions, make sure you come and talk afterwards. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to invite our prayer team to come on up. And if you say you need power in your life, if you you say this Holy Spirit, I want Him in my life in a greater dimension, I, I want to know Him more, we're going to be around. We want to pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. There's a baptism in the Holy Spirit where you can have power and wisdom and insight and just just a stronger relationship with them. And we can see that in Scripture. It was an experience that the new church had after they were saved and after they received and walked with Jesus. This, This baptism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for you, but it's also for the service and the work he wants you to do out there. Amen? So we invite you to come on up for prayer for anything else after we're done here. And I, I just kind of privileged to being able to share. If you remember, pray for me in Nepal. I'll be back in, a, in about 10 days or so. Would you do that? And there's a prayer list out there. Father, thanks for our church family. Thank you, Thank you Father, for just stirring our faith, strengthening our faith as we learn to walk in faith with you. I, I pray, God, just divine appointments for us that you'd use us as we leave these doors on the campus other places where you send us, God, use us as your people, as ambassadors for you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 amen.